Hi everybody, it's Paul. Hope you're having a great holiday season if you're listening to this during the holidays when I'm recording it. What a beautiful time of year it is when people just seem to love each other a little bit more, don't they? Um, Great time. As I told you in the last podcast, it's okay to say happy holidays because holiday means holy days. So I hope you're having a happy holiday season. And I'm going to tell you about this podcast with uh, Pastor Robert Johnson and the crew from Wichita. But first, let me invite you to help out this ministry. And you say, how do we do that, Paul? Well, one of the ways is by signing up for our newsletter. When when I talk to other podcasters and uh, I want to work with them to help promote their podcast here, my podcast there, it, it helps to be able to say, hey, guys, do you know how many newsletter subscribers I have? Do you know how many YouTube subscribers I have? Do you know how many followers I have on TikTok? And when those numbers are there as well, the the platforms start to take notice and say, hey, we better promote this a little bit more, and it starts to grow it exponentially. So I would love for you to go to the website, npepodcast.com. Sign up for the Insider's Newsletter. It comes right up there. It's easy to do. Um, Go to my TikTok page, Old Pastor Paul, and follow. And, And maybe most of all, if you say, what's one thing I can do, go to the YouTube channel, go to youtube.com and uh, search nonpartisan evangelical. Pastor Paul will pop up and subscribe. And it'll tell you whenever we're doing lives on there or video, new videos come up, all of those things. And uh, it'll help grow this ministry. So thank you for your desire to help. And that's how you can help. So we talked last time with the group from Wichita and their Wichita Ignite event that they have every Wednesday night. And we were talking about the radicalness of Christmas. Did I radicalness of Christmas? And so now this is the second half of that conversation. My wife Ashley is going to join us. And we're just talking about the idea of Christians just haven't known who Jesus is. One of these days, I'm going to do a video series that's called, If You Want to Be Christ-like, You've Got to Know What Christ Was Like. And sometimes we just don't know who Jesus was. So we're going to talk about that in this podcast today that took place a couple of weeks ago, if you're listening to this just as we load it up, with Pastor Robert Johnson of St. Mark's UMC Church in Wichita, Kansas, talking about the miracle and the radicalness of Christmas, right here on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast and npepodcast.com. Those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. What knucklehead, mush for brains, evangelical leaders are trying to, uh, to overthrow Trump. It's a special kind of dumb and calling yourself a Christian. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. What I'm doing on TikTok on Sunday mornings is the best. It's people that aren't welcome in our churches because they're not Republican enough. They're not heterosexual enough. They're not XYZ enough. And we're just saying, you're enough. Let us connect you to God and then let him walk you into what is healthy and right for you. That's what's needed. And you're doing it and in a virtual environment, no building at all. And to see how engaged each of them were and to see that they were all participating. They weren't there because they had to be. You could tell that each and every one of them wanted, they were there because they wanted to be. And if we can get that, if we can pass that across the world, then that's where that healing will begin to come in. I, I don't want to do a church. I keep telling people I don't want to have a church, and I keep having people say, "No, we have to have this thing," and so that's that, that's a wonderful thing. But I just can't imagine that we're going to see God in heaven one day, and He's going to say, "You know what? You just love too many people. Uh, you just were too loving to people. You were too forgiving. I hated. I was so angry when you loved." That gay person, it just made me so mad. And and the other thing that that just throws me, and, and, and this is a struggle for me. This is a journey for me. My, In fact, I'll be putting 
TikTok out tomorrow, Robert, where I say, hey, I'm on a journey on this. I still don't quite understand how this all comes together because we have, everybody wants to land on, it's all okay or it's all bad. And, and I want to be in the tension of, I know what the Bible says, so how do I navigate this with God and with people? And one of the things they did in Acts is they said, now I know these people can't be Christian because they don't fit the mold, but I saw Holy Spirit on them. Right. And if Holy Spirit was on them, God had chosen them for his family. Who am I to say he can't be in the family? And so I'm hanging out with people that don't look Christian and I'm seeing Holy Spirit on them. And so who am I to tell God, you don't get to invite them into the family. And, and so I just think that's a challenge for us in this season, Pastor. Amen. Great stuff. And, and let me say, I, I want to be clear, because wherever you end up on the issue, wherever you stand on the issue theological of homosexuality, to, what Paul is saying is that's it's beside the point where you stand. It's how you treat people in that in the process. Exactly. Issue. Are you going to put laws before people? Let me give it. Let me give you all an example and be transparent, Paul. Here, so here was an example of me for that. So for me, the issue: some people they rage against homosexuality. I rage against white supremacy and white evangelicals who were Trump supporters. I rage against them. And I po so after the whole Trump, after we knew that Trump definitely lost the election and he started doing his thing of just this lying and so forth. So then I was saying, so I posted something basically says, so you white evangelicals that follow Trump, do you see what you're look at what you're supporting? And I had a couple of guys that came on and basically said, hey, one of them said, hey, pastor, be careful about paint, painting us all with the same color because I was never a part of that crowd. So then I publicly apologized to him. And then, but the other guy came on and he said, Hey, I voted for him. He says, but I'm seeing the error of my ways. And he says, we got a lot of work to do. He says, let's do coffee, brother. He says, I want to, I want to, we got to work together. We got to find a way to be in community together and address these and lead our people. And so I called him brother and respond, man, let's do that. And I got so much anger from people saying, don't forgive him. Don't reconcile with him. What are you doing? Don't be, they need to repent. They need to do just going off on them. But what God convicted me on in that moment was that, okay, here are two people who are offering to enter into community with you, to, to do life with you, to engage in brotherhood with you. And you're going to turn them down because of a law or because of a value or principle you have that you got this truth you are holding on to and you've made this law. You can't be a follow, be a true Jesus follower, follow Trump. So you've got this and you're going to hold that law up and let that law that you created become a barrier between you and people. And for me, that's the thing is that we're so quick to judge people on what they do, what we think they, they're doing wrong. We're so quick to, to uh, self-righteously condemn people. But Jesus is calling us to enter into relationship with people. And the truth be told, Paul, this, Yolanda, we have kids. We know this from raising children. We know we're married. You are not going to change anybody by yelling at them, yelling at <laughs> and telling them how wrong they are. That has never changed anybody. That has never changed anybody. Yeah. My daughters listen to me. They're adults now. They listen to me when I enter into community with them and relationship. And in the context of relationship, I'm expressing love. And then in that conversation, they'll say, that was, I really appreciate what you said. That was really good wisdom. But if I'm trying to roar like a lion and make them do what I want to do. It never works. And yeah. and again, go back to what Leonard Sweet was saying is that, and, and what he said to me, that was really helpful, Paul. He says that if we want to represent Jesus, the best way, the way Jesus wants to be represented is not really through information and it's not even through imitation, not imitate him. But he says, actually, the, what the New Testament is getting to is that Jesus is an impartation of life into it. its relationship. So we enter into relationship with God and we enter in relationship with each other. And through and we it's not so much that we teach Jesus or that we command the law, but that we impart the being of Jesus from ourselves to the mm -hmm. other. And wow. when he said that Paul in his podcast, it went because we know when you're in the presence of someone who's filled with the love of God. Yeah laws become irrelevant and yeah. you 
open your life up to those people and you want to share your life because you just being in their presence and hearing their hearts you in the presence of someone who loves god and that's the kind of person paul that i want to be not a person who like you said i don't care whether i know everything or whether i got all the doctrines or whether i'm so correct theology theologically but is jesus present in me to the degree that pe whatever brokenness people might have that when they're in my presence, they feel themselves moving towards wholeness. Hope you're enjoying this podcast with Pastor Robert Johnson and the group from St. Mark's UMC in Wichita, Kansas. Um, and one of the things I want to talk about as we take this quick break is how you can help the nonpartisan evangelical. So one really easy way you can help is go on any of our social media platforms. We're on TikTok. I'm under Old Pastor Paul. We're on YouTube under the nonpartisan evangelical. Facebook, Instagram uh, under the nonpartisan evangelical. Or you can go on Amazon and my book, Joseph Comes to Town. You can buy one for somebody and you can leave a review. All of those things help tell these different platforms, hey, this matters. And if you're saying, which one, just let me pick one, Paul, then I would say, make it YouTube. All of my TikToks end up on YouTube, and then I do longer form things on YouTube as well, and so I really want to grow that in that YouTube platform. So go to the Nonpartisan Evangelical channel, all you got to do is go to YouTube, search Nonpartisan Evangelical, and my channel will come up. You, you can subscribe, you can leave comments, you can share, and all of those things help tell these platforms, hey, this podcast is important to people. And when the different platforms see that, they're like, oh, well, we better promote this thing out there so it helps it grow all the more. Now, there's another way you, that you can help, and you're going to want to get involved in this, um, Our or what we call our Patreon site and our Patreon community um, exists if you click that Patreon button in the upper right-hand corner of my website. And there are different levels that you can support this message of the nonpartisan evangelical financially. And you get cool stuff when you sign up at just $5.99 a month. You get access to our audiobook series, to our private nonpartisan evangelical Facebook group, and we're going to start having Bible studies, or what I call Bible chats, where it'll be any interactive. You'll be able to be in the room with me there, and we'll be doing that in the new year. So you're going to want to be a part of that for just $5.99 a month. Now, if you go up to some of the higher levels, we're going to have seminars this next year and some other cool things. So how whatever you can do to help build and grow this message now let me tell you this is not like a normal ministry it's a for-profit one because i want to pay taxes i know i'm crazy but i want the profit that comes in to help support roads and schools and things like that in my city so you won't get the tax break but in the bible it says that, that often when we're getting our reward here on earth well that will usurp our reward in heaven so you won't get the tax break from the tax man but god in heaven is going to say cool and, and I'm not saying that to coerce you into giving, if you're able, and if you feel like it would be of value to you, and if you really care about seeing this message expand and are, and are able to financially. If you're not, it's okay. I love you, and you still get to be a part of it. But if you can, I would love to get 300 people at that $5.99 a month level so we can really start to add help to grow this thing. I'm, I'm doing it pretty much all myself with some help of some really cool volunteers. I would like to see it expand. And to do that, my time has to expand. And since there are only 24 hours in the day, then I got to take some of the things off my plate so that others can help me out. So go to the website, npepodcast.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there's a Patreon button. Click on it, and then uh, you'll be able to see how to sign up at the, at the various levels and uh, the gifts and benefits you get when you sign up. So hopefully I will see you there. Now back to our discussion about the radicalness of Christ Christmas with Pastor Robert Johnson and the team from St. Mark's UMC in Wichita, Kansas, right here on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast and NPEPodcast.com. Michael Bruce had a question, and I think you've answered that in our dialogue I, you know i would love to address that though because i that's it's a great question and it's one that i get asked a lot and it's yes we can have grace for gay people but aren't we supposed to tell them 
that they're, they're sinners. And that's, and I'm asking it differently than he asked it. He's asking it much more graciously than that. And this is what I always say to that. I, Three years ago, I had gastric bypass surgery, if you know what that is. I weighed over 300 pounds at the time. Wow. wow. And I never sat down to a lunch with somebody where they said, Paul, I, I love being with you, but I just have to tell you that I disagree with your lifestyle of gluttony. It's really important for me to let you know that I see that you're going to go to hell because of yeah. your gluttony. <laughs> it's very clear in the Bible that gluttony is a sin and your unhealthy eating and I was even a pastor, and, and I, I was violating the Bible with my unhealthy eating. And, and I had a board member that was divorced and remarried with a no-fault divorce, and, and never once did it enter my mind that because this person is living in adultery by the definition from the mouth of Jesus in the red letters in the Bible, that person is living in adultery. Never did that consideration come in my mind. I never sit down with a married couple and say, now, I know you guys got divorced. Did you get divorced the right way or the wrong way? Let's make sure. Why do we do that? And, and even I go back to Jesus said marriage is between one man and one woman. And I say, who disagreed with that? King David disagreed with that. David had multiple wives. Jacob had multiple wives. Jacob was married and then was working to get his next wife, Rachel. And he's complimented by the Bible for how he handled that situation. So I don't know how. God is big enough to do this. Yes, I think Jesus was right that marriage, as God set it up, is between a man and a woman. I can believe that, but somehow he said, David, in your culture, it's okay to have multiple wives. David even had a young virgin sleeping with him in his deathbed, and God didn't say a word about it. God didn't say, David, I disagree with your lifestyle. He, he, somehow God's grace is big enough to overcome anything we think of. And so I have some friends that have been, that are in a same-sex marriage that have been married longer than my wife and I have. And not once has God ever said to me, you need to tell them that they have to get out of that relationship if they want to go to heaven. I, I don't think God would disrupt relationship in life that way. He he may have a best that doesn't fit. I don't know. I may, I, I, there may be things I do in my life that aren't his best for me. Sorry, my phone is going off. <laughs> but his grace is big enough to say, even if Paul weighs 314 pounds, I'm going to love him right where he is. And in that relationship, I'm going to draw him to the best of himself. And so that's just the way I look at it is, yes, we can say, I, I see this and I see this in the Bible, but why do I have grace for this and not for this? Why do I believe God has grace for this and not for this? And maybe do I have to rethink how I'm looking at people around me? Amen. I'll share another stuff. Beautiful stuff, Paul. Beautiful stuff. Pulling us. Uh, Janice, Pastor Janice Gilbert, she said, I love this. I love this, Paul. She takes that wonderful scripture that says, great is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And she plugs plug, takes us deeper though that when we talk about that that god being god work in us is greater than these laws and these and our righteousness and our knowledge of the bible and our doctrines and our theology that we're forced on greater is he who is in us that we impart to others through relationship we don't like relationship because it takes work we want our laws work because it's like this is the law do it or and if you don't do it then that's easy to dismiss you you go to hell if you obey the law you go to heaven that's easy it's clean it's black and white relationships when you're nurturing and mentoring and leading people into the kingdom you may not see fruit that's why it's fruit. yeah time to develop there's a planting season well, as a matter of fact there's a season where you got to burn off the old stuff and then you got to clear, clear the ground and then you've got to toil the turn the soil and then you've got to make holes you got to plant the seed then there's there's time for the seed to grow and spread it's a long process That's yeah and so people ask me all the time so is there nothing wrong i'm sorry i cut you off there Robert, but so is there is there nothing wrong and i say no when i'm in relationship with you I'm going to say, hey, how is this thing working out in your life right now? You know, <laughs> is what you're doing drawing you to God and to the righteousness and holiness he has for you? Or is it taking you away from that? And, yeah. and, and if, it's, if it's taking you away, then it's sin. 
Yes, you're sinning right now because God has taken you in a different direction. But for me to just say, here's the list of rules and you're either in or you're out, I, I think he, I think the cross took that away. I don't think we get to, and I think that's what the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews are all about is, okay, the law is gone. You don't get to play with by the rules anymore. Wow. Now it's your relationship with God and your relationship with each other. And so we love go and sin no more. We love it because it lets us feel self-righteous and better than other people. And I can act like I love the sin or hate the sin, but it turns out that it turns out to be a little bit I'm not sure I love the sinner that much either because I can say, go and sin no more. But we just missed that Jesus put his life and reputation on the line first. He said, I'm going to get between this woman and the rocks. And they may throw those rocks at me. And they definitely are going to throw daggers with their eyes at me. But I'm going to get between her and the condemnation first. And I'm going to eliminate all condemnation. And then we'll have a chat about how you're living your life. And so absolutely, there are points where I'm going to say to people that I'm in good relationship with, man, that doesn't look good to me. That, that doesn't look like what Jesus would like for you to do today. So it's not a free-for-all. And in fact, I think the standards are higher because Jesus said, you've heard it say, don't murder. But I tell you, if you're mad at your brother and call him a fool, you're the one worthy of hellfire. So the standard actually gets a little bit higher in this situation. But we do have to love people that we may in the past have thought we could be a little self-righteous towards. Hey, Paul, there's a comment you just inspired. Until we stop preaching sin and start preaching love, we will continue to miss the love of Jesus Christ. Wow. So miss powerful. Yes. Rita, good to see you. Miss you. Yes. So glad to have you on. Yes, yes, yes. Paul, so, Paul, you know, let me, let me, I'll go back. I'll go back. Because I think part of where we learn how to, to live the kingdom life, I think parenting is a part of God's tool, one of God's tools. It's God doesn't give us children, but it, but that's a byproduct of being a parent. We get to be in love, have kids and have a family and be in a community of love and enjoy our children, watch our children grow up. But our children teach us a love, a lot about the love of Christ. Because once you, when they're little, and I, I think I've said this to Yolanda, when your children, when my daughters were, were little, I was their hero. So if they heard my car, Paul, drive, pulling up in the driveway, the, the house we lived in, it was a long driveway in Texas, and I drive up. And so that was a, a sitting area with a little kitchen area, and Linda would have the blinds up. And when they was, I, when I passed by that window going into the garage, I see my daughters jumping up and down, cheering. You think that I was on a football field scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. They were cheering like so happy. And so it was easy to influence them because it was like they were waiting for my influence. But then it got to a point where they, as they grew up and they started trying finding their own way, which every human being has to do, then it became like a battle. Then you start having the battle of wills and the contest. And so for, so then I went to, into this season of parenting where I like made them do things. So they were still young enough. It's like, if you don't clean your room, no money. If you don't clean your room, I'm taking the TV. So it was that kind of, but then it gets to a point where that doesn't work when they go to college and, and they really begin to develop. And what I learned is if I really want to influence them, it happens not by demand, not by command, not by self-righteousness, by entering into humbly with humility, which is what Jesus did, right? The Bible says he humbled himself and became one. So you have to humble yourself and become like one of your, enter into their world, not self-righteously, but enter into their world and take on some of the pain and angst that they're going through as children. And then speak into that with love when they give you an opportunity to do. And I think God is teaching us. That's how we, and it's interesting, Paul, Many times when people are self-righteous about an issue, whether it's drinking, homosexuality, whatever it is, if they have a child who begins to battle with that issue, then all of a sudden the light turns on and they say, you know what? I'm going to love my child no matter what. I'm going to love them through it. Yes. And that's what's so crazy about our determination to keep our theology in place. And I have a story of a friend. I think it's okay to tell this. And I, my friend, I knew his daughter really well. And she came out of the closet. She announced that she was, was gay and getting married to uh, her same-sex uh, partner. And my friend came to me and he, he said, she wants to come home and bring her partner with her home for Christmas. She lived out of state. 
And he said, what do you think I should do? And, and I, exactly what you're saying, I said, if my daughter was in prison for murder, I, I would go be there every day. I would never miss a chance to be there to visit her. What, what, could, what can a child do to drive me away from relationship? And you're going to let this in relationship with your daughter? Come on, man. You need to love who she loves because that's how you're going to be in relationship. And if you say, I can't love who you love, then the relationship is over. I wouldn't give up my relationship with my daughter for anything. Wow. And, and so that's what getting so staunch in our theology does for us that we're willing to say, okay, I, you're not my daughter anymore. And the, the, the prodigal son took everything that father had and wasted it. And, and, and every day that father was just like, today's the day he's going to come home. Today's the day. We shouldn't even call that parable the parable of the prodigal son. It should be the parable of the good father. Father, Yes, I agree. Yeah, and he's just waiting every day. Maybe today my son comes home. And all the way home, the son is practicing this story. I don't deserve to be your son. I'll be your slave. And the father never hears the story. He doesn't even hear it because he just sees his son coming home. And I just think that's how God looks at us. He's, man, I'm just waiting for that relationship moment. I don't care what you've done. And the thing is, he puts the ring back on his finger, which is giving him control of the family checkbook again. He didn't even say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in an accountability program, and we're going to get you back up to speed. And when you prove your worth, no, he immediately says, you're my son. You'll never stop being my son. And gosh, I just think if we could see that's who God is, and that's who Jesus came to present as God the Father, and we lived out of that. And, and some of this, by the way, is I have to start to believe that God looks at me that way first. Because yes. if I have a harsh God, like the parable of the minas, if I see the master as being a badass hard guy to work for, then I'm going to be a badass hard guy too. But if I start seeing the father as generous and a risk taker and loving when I'm out there being creative and making mistakes and screwing up and stumbling and still saying, that's beautiful, I love it, then I'm going to give that grace to other people too. So we have to take this on for ourselves so that we can start giving it out to others. That's what your book does. Say about, talk about, tell them about the book, Yolanda. I just think that you represent Jesus in a way that you make it personable for people in modern times to where I've got this certain scripture that I can't quite identify with, but the way that you pull people into it, I see myself in that scripture. So I can begin to see how much I am loved and what truly Jesus or whatever prophet was trying to impart to people. And then I can begin to see I'm given permission to love people as they are. Judge not lest thee be judged. So I think until we can begin to see that Jesus came to save the world, he had plans to prosper us, not to harm us, and to stop making him this brutal being, we will continue to judge one another. And I love what you said, Pastor Johnson, about the fact that relationships take work. Yeah. So it's so easy for me to just write you off. Oh, you did this, I'm done. But I think what we're beginning to see, and Paul, I think we're seeing that in you, a couple of, us, of your other guests, Pastor Johnson, where people are beginning, the light bulb was coming on. They're beginning to rethink Jesus, rethink. That's what your book um, that we're going over in your book club is about right now. And we have to give people the space to change. Yes. That's what we have to do in our government right now. We're condemning people because they thought this yesterday, but they've grown and they've had some actual experiences that are giving them new frames of thoughts. But we're like, nope, you said that back in 1975, so you can't change from it at all. You're <laughs> in that box and I have to leave you in that box. So I think that giving people the opportunity to see you as the leader and changing the way that they're having their experiences and then having the opportunity. Hi, Ashley, how are you? I'm well, sorry to join you late. No, we're glad to have you. Yes, we're glad to have you. Keep going, Pastor Yolanda, you, you wanna finish? I just think that's going to, I'm so into at this point where we need to cross boundaries, we need to come across the aisles, we need to 
Stop putting people in boxes. Give them the opportunity to allow you to forgive them and then to allow that forgiveness to sink in on both parts. I'm, I'm stubborn and I'm really good at people putting people in boxes. At least I shh, don't tell anybody. And it's so freeing to let people out of the box, to let people out of the closet, to let people out of that space that you've put them in to where you don't have to carry that burden anymore. And I, I love what you're saying and I'm hoping that it will give people the opportunity to do just that, to become free, to no longer be in bondage, to love God in a way that they never have before. And that will allow them to love themselves and other people that we've deemed unlovable. Deemed unlovable. Paul, hold up the book. If Do you have it with you? Let's see. And we want Ashley, as he holds, there it is. Joseph comes to town. We're going to read it as a part of, a, I'm starting a book club called the Possibilities and Transformation Book Club that we're going to read a book a month in 2021. And that's going to be on our list, Paul. And of course, we hope to be in conversation with you. Ashley, welcome. Thank you for coming on. He told us you would be late, but we're so glad you came on. We've had a wonderful conversation. I can't, I don't know if you can tell, but I've been crying. My eyes have been watered. Paul has had us. We've had a wonderful conversation about the love of God and about how that has to be the beginning place for how we reach other people and not our laws, not our theology, not our self-righteousness, not our values. Our, we talk so about our, my core values and all this. And what all that does is, is stuff that gets in the way. I want to share a testimony with you all about some another experience I had, Yolanda. So I will tell you all, Ashley and Paul, and if you're listening to this, I think the statute of limitations is up. How many is it? Seven years? But oh, yeah. when my soul, Yolanda May, she's typing in, she's reporting me to the FBI as I speak. But when my, I spanked my daughters when they were younger. And can I tell you that I, I try not to live with very many regrets, but there's one regret I have, and it, and it gets worse with every passing year. I regret that I ever spanked my daughters. And here's why. So people say, well, you don't think it, they, your daughters turned out wonderful. It must have worked. I'm like, but that's not the point. The point is, I can't remember a single time that I spanked my daughters. That it did any good. That what they did was done out of love. It was done out of fear uh, or anger. And I cannot think of a single time that I spanked them because I was focused on, I love you and we're going towards this goal. It was all about, don't embarrass me. How dare you do something I've told you not to do. It was anger or fear. And, but I, I think maybe God allows me, Ashley, to feel that pain as a reminder of how I treat people now is in the same, don't, in the same way that you regret how you treated your daughters, don't treat the people in your church and people and don't treat your friends and don't treat your spouse. Don't treat the people now in the same way where you are handling them out of fear and anger rather than out of a place of love. And so I think that connects with that so deeply. Ashley, you want to jump in and say a few, by the way, we're supposed to finish at eight, but it's eight 15 folks are still on the, as a matter of fact, <laughs> they're still, so let's, can we go to eight 30? Can we just go to, is that okay, Ashley? Yeah. Great. Yes. I think, and I wish I could have been a part of the conversation tonight longer. As I walked in, though, and I, I heard what Paul was sharing, I can understand why you're crying because I, I know might have been, I just, yeah, I love the dynamic of this conversation. And I think just to add to the list of what you're expressing tonight, I see such humility. I see like a letting go of who has the power here. Yeah. And it's, I'm starting to see this in my, in our own community, in the community development work that we're doing in, in Fresno. And it's, I see glimpses of it. I see people, myself included, like really letting go and letting down any particular agenda and just being like, no, I'm, I really am just making this about you and it's okay. And if you win, I'm good with that. And I will say, having been in elected office, sometimes it's in vogue to be like, oh, let you win look at me, look how great I am that I'm letting you win and I'm still getting something out of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not saying I've ever done that, but let's just say <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course I've done that. I have probably perfected the art of acting by making a sacrifice for someone and really I'm doing something out of it, but I'm really seeing the, no, actually 
it's pure joy for me to sacrifice for you right now. And if no one ever knows of this sacrifice, all the better. Yeah, I think that's the authentic expression of Jesus that you guys are talking about tonight. Yeah. It, does, it gives you hope. It gives you yes. hope. Yes. So many yes. glimmers of that all over. And I think it's God knows that's what I need right now. It's gotten me out of this funk that I was in, this depression, and I'm seeing it black, white, Hispanic, male, female, all across the religious atmosphere as well that light bulbs are turning on for people and people are starting to get it. And I needed that so bad. Yes. And you know what um, just inspired? Sometimes, honestly, I have to imagine it because maybe I can't see it. But if I can get a vision for it, then my heart can hope for it and I can get in alignment with God and what he's doing in our midst. But like when I think about the national political climate and everything we hear about in the news or people's rhetoric, it, for the most part, it is all about power over this yeah. side, that side, this side, that side, this side, that side. And so we are thinking that's all our country is about. But you know what? What There is all so much stuff going on that is never captured in news cycles. Yeah. There, What if it was the case that the actual residents and just average people of our communities, of our states, of our nation were like, hey, yeah, that y'all can go do that if you want, but that doesn't have to define us. Mm -hmm. And in fact, seeing this being held up and seeing the fruit of it and being so discouraged by it, I'm just choosing to make a new path here. And something totally different can in fact happen at this local level at this relational level at the community level and we don't need to we don't need other people to give us permission to act that way we get to just be that way and actually i think there is a momentum and a movement growing that is god breathed that is going to define our nation yes. way more than what we're seeing play out with political cycles way more so i've got to I've, I've got to i know i'm doing a lot of talking yolanda we have our guests on, but they have just, Paul has lit a fire in me. This like, just You didn't notice my little segue. I was like, we need to bring your peoples and put them with our people so we can have peoples. So it's just, so we've got to have them back on. Thank all of you that are still on. We usually end at eight, but I see many of you, most of y'all are still on. We will finish at 8.30 and we want to spend some time praying for folks. I want to go, go ahead and say, we'd like to have Paul and Ashley back on. I know we have, and I'll share that with you. We're doing a jazz concert, online Christmas concert with the Lee family out of Houston. I had the honor and privilege of pastoring that family. The matriarch of that family died earlier this year. And their son, Brandon Lee, is at, at one time was the leader of the jazz orchestra at Juilliard School of Music. And he's doing other stuff now, lives in just an amazing jazz trumpeter. So they're going to be on and do a do a virtual one hour jazz concert. We're going to have testimonies, help people share, pray for people, and in the midst of that, jazz Christmas music from the Lee family. But I got I want I really want to share this with you all. I know I've shared some stories. So do you all know Max Lucado out of San Antonio, Texas? Know of him? Yes. I don't know him, but I know of him. I know of him. I don't know him. Let me thank you. I, know with you pastor johnson <laughs> so people say he doesn't my london's upstairs saying he doesn't know max lucado what like uh so max lucado he has a, he wrote a this said this about jesus he said that jesus was the kind of guy that would come over to your house after church on sundays and he would play with your children on the floor and he'd help you take the meat off the grill and he watched the game. He cheer with your favorite team with you. And he says, but when you began to talk, he will listen as if he had all the time in the world. And the first time I read those words, I wept and wept because that was the Jesus that was coming alive in my heart. I wasn't so much hearing about that Jesus in the church, but in my alone time, it was that Jesus that was listening, that wasn't condemning me for everything that was broken and messed with me. But was listening and, and engaging me in relationships. So I just want I, that reminds me. And then I want to share. Paul, jump in because I've got to look up some lyrics because I want to. I'm going to close with some lyrics from Believe It or Not, the rapper Common. Uh, 
Nice. I have no comment. And before you chime in, Paul, can I acknowledge Ma Michael Bruce? We, we're, we're not ignoring your comments. Yeah, thank you, Yolanda. Go, I go. promise we will respond to them. We just are trying to be mindful of the time, mindful of our guests, and allow them to comment and the conversation to flow freely. So we will acknowledge each one of your questions before the end of the night. Or maybe even the morning. Just give uh, us a little grace. Go ahead. I typed, I typed up an answer for him, so I hope that might have helped a little bit. But we're awesome. I, Thank you. I, I'm not afraid of the question, but I, I don't know if we want to use the time for that. I, one of the things I was going to say on your story, Pastor Johnson, is yes. it was the same with Mr. Rogers. And if you saw the movie about Mr. Rogers or have read about him, he had a reporter sitting with him who was really angry that he had to do a story about this Mr. Rogers guy when he wanted to do hard-hitting journalism. And, and Mr. Rogers made this statement to him. He said, what is the most important thing for me in the world to do? And the reporters, what? And he thought he was really going to get something amazing here. Mr. Rogers is going to give the secrets to the universe. And he said, the most important thing in the world is me sitting with you right now and having this conversation. There is nothing more important than this. Mm -hmm. And uh, just really, he made an impact on that guy. And sitting and listening and hearing people's story, which sometimes are our law, lawness gets in the way of hearing people story. Just hearing their story goes such a long way to helping people reconnect with God. Yes. Ashley, Yolanda, I'm looking up these lyrics and you all jump and I'll be right back. Go, go no, ahead. I'm learning that Pastor Johnson is always shaking his finger at me because I'm a multitasker and I do several things well, but I'm not an ace at really anything. And here in this last few weeks as I was I've been talking about this funk that I've been in just having the opportunity to just turn things off and be present in whatever it is that I'm doing at the time whether it's watching a movie with my son having a conversation with my girlfriend but just taking the time to smell the flowers we've gotten away from that as a country as a people because everything is now now we can have instant anything the, in this day and age. And I, I really think that's another one of those things that in a relationship, and I think Pastor Johnson, you pride yourself in this, that when you're doing something or when you're having a conversation with someone, that is your sole focus. Nothing else comes in between that. It doesn't matter if your phone is ringing or if there's a fire going on, I'm gonna love you enough to give you my undivided attention. And as busy as Jesus was, as powerful as he was, that he could take one-on-one -on -one time to save you, heal you, have whatever miracle that he was performing for that day. Be at your wedding and turn water to wine. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Taking time. Taking time to be present. I think it's extremely important. Actually, I know we want to hear more from you. And especially because I can hear our dog is starting to act up. So undivided attention. Yes, he, he knows it's treat time when I get home. I, I can definitely relate to what you're saying, Yolanda. And and honestly, I, I think Paul is, has been my antidote to my obsession with busyness and planning and execution oh. against that plan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. In fact, it's like a sickness. I've, I read in the sweet book, Jesus Calling. I'm sure you've seen that book, the daily reading. I've gone through it several years and it's, I never do every single day. So like I'm on my like third year and I'll still catch, oh, I didn't read that last year or whatever. But I can't remember the day, but it actually references like the sickness of, maybe it doesn't say sickness, but it talks about incessant planning. And I just thought, oh, that word does not sound good. Like planning. A, like something we value in culture and society, but incessant planning is like actually sick. And anyway, so yeah, being present, recognizing that there's just like little almost moment to moment acts of faith and surrender. I can't control this. I can't control this. Lord, what are you doing here? I can't, I can't see my way through it. And it's so freeing. Yeah. Freeing. Surrender. So folks, I want to give you a chance. I'm going to ask Ashley if you will pray at the, when we when we pray. If you'll pray, just close us out. We pray and pray for pray for our listeners, and we love for you all to come back. So I don't know if you all are available. So tonight is the 16th, the 23rd, on the 30th, which will be a Wednesday night. 
if we do that's the night before new year's eve so maybe right. let's skip that night but maybe the first wednesday in january yeah that would work we probably will be signing off for that week between christmas and new year's okay that works yeah. Look at the first Wednesday in January. Yes. <laughs> are we, we going to be at the coast that day, perhaps, if the governor will allow us to go? Not the first week in January. We would be in the on the 30th. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, folks, that's the graphic for next week. That's the Lee family that will be with us. But I want to share these words, and then Ashley will pray for us, and we'll be done. And uh, you know what? I'll try to do a screen share and and do. Can you all see that, Yolanda? No, sir. I can. I cannot. Okay. All right. You know what? Let me just read them to you. So these lyrics are from Common on a song he did, and it's called. The song is called Courageous, and it just. And so, Paul, when I, I this so, I had to drive to Mississippi about a month ago. I had an uncle that died and uh, drove as a 13-hour drive and i ran across this song common's album had just come out his newest album and i heard this song and listened listened to it over and over again and wept and i wept because i was thinking of all the people that that i want to love them in a way that they can say these words and so let me i just want to and so the love that you and ashley have makes me feel free to say these words and i want to be able to spread that to other people so that they feel free listen to these words he says and this is one of those times where you know god has some street prophets folks who are not in the confines of the church but god is speaking great truth through them but he has these words in a song if you want something real i'm all here in the flesh you can take it or not i'm not claiming pretending to be what i'm not i ain't nobody's angel we in this world that is changing who you are just embrace it stay courageous and be real mm-hmm. and i just love that yeah. it's this when you know you're loved by god and whatever your brokenness whatever you like i'm here in the flesh to, yeah. you know, take it or not i'm not trying to pr- pretend to be, be what i'm not yeah. embrace who i am where i'm right now and be real and this and trust the grace of god to make me whole and to bring me to a place uh of a more abundant life so i pray that for every person who's listening and i pray that you will experience that in my presence in pastor yolanda's presence in the presence of saint mark united Methodist church that's the kind of church we want to be a place where people can feel so loved that then they become they don't have to hide they don't have to pretend they can be free and then trust that we love them and then trust the work of god that's already operating in their lives and paul and ashley thank you all for doing that for us and for our, i think that's why people are still watching it's 8 31 and folks are still watching because paul and ashley in your presence even virtually yolanda even virtually Amen. yeah experience the love and peace of god in a way and so thank you so much for that and so ashley if you'll pray for us and then folks will have them back they've come they, unless something comes up that on their calendar that they may not be thinking of right now but if they're able to they're going to be with us the first wednesday of 2021 and i'm believing god we were with pastor emmanuel cleaver last year and he said that the word for his church for 2021 is restoration mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. but so i'm in break i'm receiving that from pastor emmanuel cleaver and saint james church in kansas city ashley if you'll pray for us yeah thank you all right thank you god we love you lord we love you we love you father i thank you for these hearts that have gathered tonight around this virtual space i thank you for each person who is tuned in whether it was for two minutes or an hour and a half god you see each person who has been tuned in. Yeah, you see each person. You see their families, you Mm. see their loneliness, you see their ambition, you see their joy, you see their heartache, you see their setbacks, you see their fears. We just um, thank you, God, that you cover all of those things. I pray now, Lord, that each person, even if they're not listening anymore, I pray that they would encounter yet again the fresh love of Jesus. Yes. That they would be wrapped this Christmas in your presence, 
in an inescapable sense of knowing how much you love them. God, I believe that's what you're releasing in this season, a surround sound of the love of God and the joy that you bring. So we say yes and amen to that. Yes. St. Mark's Methodist Church. We say yes and amen for their community. We say yes and amen for all of the people and geographies in between Fresno, California and Kansas. Yes. We just claim that for for these people, God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I just I just pray this prayer in in Jesus name. Jesus name. Amen. 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 Wow. Wow. Love you guys so much. Can't wait for the first Wednesday. Anything else, Yolanda, am I forgetting it? I'm scatterbrained right now. I scattered heart, but do is am I missing anything? No, we, you can join tomorrow's Thursday. If there are any of our senior saints online with us, we'll be meeting with you tomorrow at noon for our senior time. That's what you're asking. Anything else we have on our schedule? Mm-hmm. Our, any of our ladies can join us for our Kingdom Women's Bible Study tomorrow at 6. And... Then we'll see you on Sunday. We're looking forward to worshiping with you. We're allowing up to 100 people in the building this Sunday. So if you feel up to it, we are still encouraging people to stay at home. But if you feel like you need to be in the building, feel free to come and join us. Wear your mask. We'll be checking temperatures. We'll be, of course, social distancing because I don't know about y'all. I've heard about it. I haven't had it yet and I don't want it. We are definitely trying to continuously run from the Rona. So we look forward to seeing you if you choose to come out with us on Sunday. I look forward to seeing the new release of your new TikTok tomorrow. Paul, I'll be looking for it. Hopefully it'll pop up. I friended you. And I just pray that God continues to bless both you and Ashley and all that you're doing and that your love for people and your love for God begins to infect anyone that you encounter. We thank God for you. Thank you guys. And and if I could just say one real quick word, Pastor Robert, just I just think you're incredibly courageous and loving of your people to challenge them this way. And it just shows me that they that you've built great trust with them and and i just feel like god wants you to know that you are trustworthy and you can trust yourself as you're asking the people to trust you to move into these new fields and so i just really appreciate who you are wow thank you for that paul thank you for that thank you guys for that beautiful prayer